Welcome to Not Going Quietly, the podcast where we inspire growth, beat down biases and get into all sorts of good trouble with co-hosts Jonathan Beale and Britt East. No topic is off limits as we explore ways to help everyone leap into life with a greater sense of clarity, passion, purpose and joy. So get ready to join us for some courageous conversation because Not Going Quietly starts right now. everyone, welcome to Not Going Quietly, the podcast for outraged optimists and heartbroken healers all over the world. I'm your host, Britt East. Unfortunately, my co-host, Jonathan Beal, is out sick today. So it's just me, but I'm here with two amazing featured guests today that I can't wait to introduce to you. We're going to talk about so many different topics that I think are really going to touch your heart. Uh, open your eyes and get you really excited about things that you can do in your personal life and in your communities to make a real difference in the world. So this is, I think, is going to be a really powerful and important episode. Um, so let me get straight to it. I'm going to introduce our guests and then we'll just dive into the conversation. Um, first guest is Dr. Monica Rojas Stewart. She originally hails from Lima, Peru, and holds a PhD in anthropology from the University of Washington. Her areas of expertise focus on Afro-Latinx communities in Latin America, the Spanish Caribbean, their diasporas, and their performance traditions as transborder technologies of resilience and community building. As a community artist and activist, Roja Stewart devoted the last 15 years to extensive community-based organizing and artistic work as a pioneer performer and educator of Afro-Peruvian culture and of the Afro-Latinx arts movement in the Pacific Northwest. She is the founder of De Cajon Project and Movimiento Afro-Latino Seattle, otherwise known as MAS, M-A-S. Two grassroots arts organizations dedicated to educating about the history and cultural contributions of people of African descent in Peru and Latin America, respectively. Roja Stewart is co-founder of Wairuro LLC, and she is currently the assistant director of the African Studies and the Latin American and Caribbean Studies programs at Jackson School of International Studies, as well as part-time lecturer in the Department of Dance at the University of Washington. Monica, that is such a cool bio that I kind of ran out of breath. Welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you. Thrilled that you're here. Um, also with Monica, we're thrilled to present Dr. Jabali Stewart, who is an inclusion specialist utilizing peacemaking circle in schools, K through college, businesses, families, government, and community settings. He is trained in the lineage of circle keeping, connected to Mark Wedge, Kay Pranis, and Barry Stewart for nearly a decade. Besides keeping circle, he also trained in and practices other art of hosting social technologies, all with a focus on institutional cultural change. Jabali is also a public speaker who has also cultivated a practice of deep one-on-one -on -one cultural counsel. His work is deeply informed by his belief and practice of sensible, love-based leadership. Wow. You guys are the reason we have this podcast. I'm so thrilled to welcome you and to chat with you today. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just start with what in the heck is the peacemaking, peacekeeping circle process and what role does it have in our Western society, it, you know, with all of the hurt and anguish out there today, why is it so necessary? Ooh. You want to start? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, 
Ooh. Look, the, the, the peacemaking circle uh, process, um, well, we're going we're gonna to be expanding more, more on this, but I can tell you that it has really changed my life. It's changed mm-hmm. my life, the way I communicate uh, in my family with my kids, the way I lead in the community, the way I envision my community projects. Um, it's, a, it's a technology that um, has really brought a very different perspective on how, how to be better in the world and how to do the work that I need to do to be a better human in relation to others. And the beautiful thing about the Peacemaking Circle is that um, it really focuses, encourages you to listen to others, something that we've forgotten to do. So why is it important? It's not only the, in, I don't think it's only necessary here in, 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 in Washington or Pacific Northwest, or um, I think we all, it's, it's, it's remembering how to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's that's my impression. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm newer than Jabali. Jabali, the, the Peacemaking Circle uh, process was introduced to me by Jabali who learned it from somebody else, who learned it from somebody else. And um, and I came into the Peacemaking Circle just in the last, what, what would it be, uh, 10 years because of you, Javali, not as a not not as not as somebody practicing it, but I brought Javali into facilitating or keeping circle for the company that I was um, leading at the time because there was some 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 um, tensions emerge as is natural in any in any gathering group of people, and that's how it was introduced to me. And then Javali invited me to to learn and to practice and he, but he can tell you, I think I'll pass it, I'll pass it to you, but it's, it's really changed uh, my life. Wow. Um, honestly, even how I write emails, it's, it's oh, wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah. Javali. That's real. It is. That's, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I actually continue to practice is because I saw what it did to me uh, internally, um, which is why I decided it is 10 years ago now that this was the way I was going to operate. Um, this was a technology I needed to have in my life. As in my bio, I clearly need to update my bio, but that's a pretty good read. I was, uh, I was really laughing. listening. <laughs> but as it, you, you know, you heard in the bio, um, I am trained in the lineage as it relates to Mark Wedge, Barry Stewart, Kate Prentice. Uh, Mark Wedge is a Takish Clinkett elder. Um, from the Yukon Territory. Bear Stewart was a judge in the province um, around Yukon. And Kate Prentice is a what has come to be known as the restorative justice practitioner. Although I think of K even beyond that, K is a peacemaker when you get right down to it. And so the three of them had a real hand in helping revive an old way of being that has roots in the Takish Klinkit world. But to be honest, it has roots in the world, period, right? Everybody, I've got Trinidadian roots, which can go back to Nigeria and can also go back to Congo. And there's something that we have there. It's called the Mbongi. And you'll see folks sitting in circle, which is one of the oldest social technologies we have available to us, to sit in circle so that you actually see people and work through something 
take the time as a community to work through something instead of having it be forced upon you instead of not having any say in what the thing is instead of it being a reactionary systemic approach that doesn't actually allow for the human individual um to manifest in that to be to be seen to be heard to be present uh and that's really where for me you know the first i would say the first formal circle the center for ethical leadership here in town uh brought in the process and we sat in circle for six days and there was this invited population there was about 20 of us and uh you know after the first two three hours i knew this is this this relates to so much of what i've already done in my life and it's exactly what i think i need to do for the work that i had just been hired to do um i'd been i'd just been hired into the independent school world as a infamous director of diversity and and mind you i'm kind of a rogue agent right like i don't have a historical background in diversity training and blah 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 and i'm kind of glad i don't um because in my mind i've watched that work happen for decades and and here we are right so what <laughs> why would i want to recreate now i'm not trashing the whole industry because there are some good aspects to it that definitely have value and worth but in this idea of getting people to sit down and hear the reality of other people that's not a workshop that's not a training that's practice and it's shifting modes of how we relate to each other so after that six-day circle and i watch people in that circle very carefully you know there were people who were um not resistant but kind of you know they just they every time the talking piece came to them they would ah, understand what we're doing just ah, you know just not really settling in and i find it it still happens today but for one individual in particular when we were sitting there every single time you know ah, ah. but after six days of that um the last words that came out of him for that circle were, you know, I still don't really understand what we're doing here. This doesn't make any sense. But I think I've really realized I need to listen to people a lot more than I do. I really need to pay more attention to what it is people say. And I was like, okay, that's I don't need you to know why the medicine works or even how the medicine mm -hmm. works. But if the medicine works, then let's go. So for <laughs> me, it was a no-brainer. This was the yeah. way we were going to move forward. Um, because it is, it's a practice. It's, it's, it's like Monica said, in this society, Western society, so that was kind of your point, one of your questions, mm -hmm. you know, what, why do we need it here? In Western society, we don't listen to each other very well at all. You know, somebody can say something, political structures aside, you know, the idea of even listening across lines of politics is kind of insane in this day and age. Take that out of the equation and still we don't listen very well. There's a sense in which I talk, I talk, and I say my stuff, and people are just sort of waiting for me to pause. And then as soon as I pause, the stuff that they've already been thinking about to jump on, they just jump right in and, you know? And it's really no time to actually deeply reflect on, well, why is he saying that? Where is that coming from? Who is the person that's actually saying it? I might be able to, you know? <laughs> yeah. So my first entree into this conversation.
So, yeah, and I, that, I think Brit asked, "What? What? What is it? You know, what is it?" Exactly. I think we still haven't responded. <laughs> yes, because thank you, what Monica. Because people magical thing. Exactly. People listening to this likely have no idea what we're talking about. I've been fortunate enough to sit in several circles with Monica and Jabali and, and hope to sit in many more. But a lot of people listening may have been to similar things like friends meetings at a Quaker church or something, but, or, or, or sitting in a, um, you know, Buddhist circles in a, uh, you know, singing kirtan or something. But can you, can you kind of define what the process is? That's good. Yeah, that was my fault. I'm the one who asked the question. We should, yeah, let's start with what it is. Yeah, well, I, I can I can start, Javali. Um, the interesting thing I was going to say, well, you see it in circle, but the last two years we've been on Zoom. So we've been sitting <laughs> on Zoom <laughs> with squares on your our screen, but we um, we've been practicing circle for two years, uh, for two years on Zoom. So we've kind of redefined this idea of circle by putting the names of the people on the screen in certain order and always follow that order. Why? Because um, if we were sitting physically in a space, we, we would always be, be after a certain person and before a certain person where you would pass a talking piece. So the, the, the circle, the, the circle process is you come together, you sit in circle, <laughs> and the most important probably aspect of circle is the talking piece, which is, is, a, is an item. Uh, if we were in, in person, we would pass an item uh, around as an invitation, it's an invitation. The talking piece represents an invitation for you to share, to speak, to speak your truth. So what what that what that does is 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 really magical because um, it equalizes power. All of a sudden, if you pass a talking piece, there's nobody leading, nobody managing the conversation, nobody nobody interrupting, and and um, and people, you have to listen. So if there's 10 people in the room, you're listening to nine perspectives about a question, an issue, a problem, whatever, whatever is in the space, right? So that's the magic that Jabali was referring to, because when you pass that talking, you share your truth and you pass, you invite the next person to talk. And it's always an invitation. Nobody's forced to talk. And that person shares and then pass it to the next one and pass it to the next one. By the time the talking piece comes to you, the thing that you wanted to add or, or, or you know, elaborate or, or respond to when this person talks, by the time it gets to you, you have in, you had enough time to listen to nine other perspectives and now you're suddenly, your perspectives change. So um, that's what it is. That's, that's part, that's part, that's one of the, one of the aspects of just to imagine how the peacemaking circle works. Um, in Zoom, again, we, we have, we have an order that we follow. And, um, the beautiful thing for me and Jabali, you can elaborate more about what it is, what the peacemaking circle is. Um, usually when you go into a meeting, there's, there tends to be two people who take over and interrupt or, or take, take most of the time. Uh, take take the time, and then there's there are people who don't have the same personality or the the same the same drive to speak up, right? For me, as an immigrant woman of color, um, 
Well, I grew up in a culture where you, I went to school and the teacher spoke and you did not, you were not encouraged to talk and to talk your, your, your thoughts or interrupt. He, it was very interesting. One of the cultural differences coming to this country, how here kids are encouraged to talk and have their voice. And in Peru, I grew up when I was going to school as a little kid, we had a military coup. And it was very military. My, my schooling at the early age was very, so I didn't never learn to really push my voice, you know. And when I came to college here to 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 do my graduate studies, and and um, I found it really hard to participate because I wasn't used to that. And so the talking piece has been has been very empowering for me, and I know it is for many people who don't know how to push their voice or how how to how to talk. I come to many meetings, and because I'm the woman of color, woman and a woman of color, I hardly ever have a chance to 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 talk. And people are interested in listening to me, and also additionally, what I just explained about me not knowing how to push my voice, I many times remain quiet and I have big things to say <laughs> and I can't, right? So that that's that's part of the that's that's part of why the peacemaking circle has been so healing for me. Because I know that that talking piece is gonna come to me and I'm gonna have a chance to to say what I want to say. So um Jabali, I hope that's giving a, a little introduction of how this works. Jabali, maybe you can add more to that. Yeah, there's definitely thank you for the <laughs> the reminder. <laughs> um there's a way in which what everything Monica said, that just is. We come in, if we're in physical space, you're sitting in a circle and you're using a talking piece, the talking piece goes in rotation. For us, we typically go to the left. Uh, because of a cosmology thing, this, the the spiraling of the universe is said to go in a clockwise direction. Therefore, we travel in conjunction with the universe, um, and we follow that order. So, with one of the differences, a difference between our tradition and other traditions, like with the friend circle, I've sat in friend circles, and they're pretty cool. And it's that thing of if the spirit moves you to speak, mm -hmm. then speak. And so, there's no necessary order to how the con. It's not even a conversation, but the, the, the proceedings are just like, I feel moved to speak. And in that model, it could be one person who's just catching their spirit all night long and is doing all the talking and doesn't necessarily make room for other people, right? So that's, I've actually experienced that. And I was like, really? Dude, <laughs> you, <laughs> you get the spirit a lot. <laughs> um, and then there's others where... There is a, it's funny, we watched Breaking Bad a long time ago when I was first getting in there, and they even do, like, they have a, the talking pillow, and I've recognized that there's some other tradition, I've never encountered it really, but where the talking piece, you, you ask, you can ask for the talking piece, and, and it gets thrown to you, you know, um, that's another different way. And, and then that one, I, I still, you know, I'm not ranking. I'm saying what works for me. Um, when I see that happening or playing out or that impulse, it's again, that thing of, well, I wanted my turn. I want my turn now. And I don't want to wait for everybody else. And I'm like, actually, you're going to wait. That that, wait, that that I don't want to wait is I don't want to listen to you. Exactly. I have something more important to say, and that's that's a tendency. Yes, uh, that's what it is. Do I got to listen to all these people? No, my thing is more really. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
watch you take a back seat for a hot second and listen. And and it's been fascinating as we've gone into space and, and kept circle for people. Like, it's really hard for some people. They really struggle with the idea of having to listen to all these people. And then and then they'll be the first ones to turn around and say, well, can't we all just get along? Like, How are we get along if you can't even listen to the folks around you? That makes zero sense. The only way we're actually going to figure out how to get along is if everybody, one, to Monica's point, feels empowered to share their thoughts. And we take that for granted. We take, we take it for granted that people are just going to share and say and speak what they need. We, that's a big thing we take for granted. Um, and then if it's done in such a way that there's a power imbalance so that the one who speaks the most and the loudest I mean, this place is set up for extroverts. Do you speak loud and the most? And even if what you have to say isn't good, <laughs> we've seen a lot of that lately. <laughs> you still command attention and people move it, it. And you bury, you bury other stories. You bury other voices with your volume and your quantity. Um. I, I so I feel so attacked right now because I am the guy that is always interrupting <laughs> and taking and you guys I don't know what your opinion is me I mean we know each other primarily through circle and I don't know what settings you've seen me in but I'm the guy pounding my fist on the table yelling at people taking the room I'm the, always the first person to talk I'm the loudest I and, and I'm not extroverted my story is different in that I'm um, a white male but I'm a queer person and so. I um, developed a sense of combativeness and kind of a bratty nature early on because I was subconsciously maybe, um, you know, able or decided to leverage what privileges I had. And so I knew early on that anything that I would be in this world would be made with my own two hands and I would have to fight every single person in it. And so that was my response to trauma was to take the room. And so... As I've ripened and seasoned with some age and, re and reconsidered some of my choices, that's one of the things I'm working on is um, working on listening more and not um, trying to drive conversations forward. And I, and I want to use this as a segue into my question and because this actually comes from my heart and, and what I experience on a daily basis. And part of what drives that response from me is that we got to get shit done. I mean, stuff is not going right. And, and it's like, so where my brain goes to is deliverables and work product. And how are we going to move faster, stronger, harder, more intense, which is anathema to everything that you're saying and, and clearly lives, leaves people behind and doesn't address all of the beautiful heart centered points that both of you make. So I'm hoping you can respond because I can hear in the listeners, the audience's mind, you know, how some of them might be thinking about, okay, that sounds nice, maybe for hippies on a commune, but how do we in the real world get stuff done while sitting in these little circles? Well, it's not only how, but I, I, to me, it's like, there's no, there's no other way, but this is why we are where we are because we don't, we don't, we don't slow down. What's the hurry? Many clients reach out to ask and, you know, no, we need to get this done like right now. And, but what is the hurry? Usually it's related to money and money is one of the problems. Um, one of the things that have caused all the problems, right? Um, 
Well, to me, is is um, if you really want to create the the change, you're coming to us and saying we need to get this done probably because there are some issues that you're trying to resolve, and you probably arrive at that issue because you don't know the people that you're working with to solve the issue, right? Many times uh, you're hired uh, in a place at a company or, you know, your job, and then you're brought into solving solving some issue. You need, we need, this has come up and, and, and you cannot pinpoint sometimes it's miscommunication. You don't know what's, what's going on. And many times, many, many times it's because you make assumptions of what was happening. You don't know the other people, so you are you are trying to solve this without understanding what else is in the space, what really happened, right? So it is necessary to to in order to to meet a goal of something that you want to do in a in a truthful way, in a meaningful way, in a way that is going to be sustaining. Uh, you need to slow down. You need to create, you need to know the people, you need to build those relationships before you arrive at the problem. Because the more you do that, the less problems that are gonna emerge because now I know who is in the space and I'm not making assumptions. But if I don't know, if I just know your name and then there's an issue, I don't know you. So how are we gonna solve this? How are we gonna get to meet whatever goal we have if we don't, if we, right? So, how do we do this? You need to slow down. We need. We all need to slow down. Learn to slow down, and really build those relationships so that now that we know each other, now that we that we really know who is in the space, we can build trust. And by building that trust, we are able to say what really we need to say because many times we we don't feel safe to say what we really want to say. Or so, and, and, and we feel uncomfortable about hearing things that we don't want to hear, right? Um, I think I st- still not. Re- I don't know if it's responded, but Jabali, I'm sure you have more more argument about why we, we should be doing this and how we get how we get things done. Because we are we're getting in Guayduro in in the people that we're supporting, uh, we're helping them get things done through the peacemaking circle. And and and. You know, I, I like the, the question about, well, what are the deliverables? And, you know, how do I know? And, you know, I go, oh, that's good. That's good. And to, to just follow up with where Monica um, ended, there, there is, I think, a huge blind spot in people when they enter into an organization or, or the organization itself, which says, well, I've got all these smart people. They're going to figure it out. And that that error, that fundamental error has been wreaking havoc in our society for generations, right? Just because you've got all these smart people in a room doesn't mean that they actually know how to communicate and get along. It's it's like any relationship. Um, it's like any relationship. And to Monica's point, the more you work on the relationship, the fewer problems that there are that will side swipe you, you know? I'm, it's not to say that there won't be problems, but I have a better sense of what might be coming for me because of how I have a fostered relationship with Monica, with Brick, with whomever else I'm working with. And so people want, <clears throat> unfortunately, especially when it comes to things like social problems, social issues, there's this sense that it can move just as fast as other aspects of their life. And it's going to like that. 
racism. Ah, let's get it done. Yeah. And let's, we really stop and you think about it. It took hundreds of years for us to get to this point where we are of, and I mean, it was deep thought, very intentional practice to develop a system that really diverted resources from one population into the hands of it. I mean, it was very, very thoughtful. It is incredibly thoughtful. And then it has played itself out over hundreds of years. That's a big thing to unwind. And as a result of this motion, right, this historical motion of thought put into practice, systems have been developed and emotions have been woven into those systems. Everybody's got their emotional response because of their connectivity to the system that we share. So to try to undo that system is emotional work. And how many offices are really wired for dealing with the emotional work that comes when it starts to get a little hot, especially talking about race. Well, how do we make this more racially equitable? We, it's bonfire in, <laughs> in 30 seconds. All right. Okay. I want you to, yeah, I'm just going to see her. Oh, no. Can we talk about something else? That's too touchy. No, I don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. It's depressing. It's it's depressing. That's my favorite one. Mom, my favorite one is, no, that was too long ago. Uh, We already moved on. It's different now. People are free now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> honestly, we need we gotta we gotta figure this out. But it's different for every institution because of the characters that are at play, right? So what worked in one space doesn't necessarily work in another space. We actually have to sit down and and, and do that. And there's that there are a couple old adages that we lean on that people throw out in their flip about it, but it's so real. Like if you wanna go far, go fast, go alone, and yeah, do you but there won't be anybody, if you want to go fast, go along. You want to go far, go together. It's just that simple. And in the short term, short thinking, fast mindset of fast food culture, blah, 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 rugged individualism and all that, it's all about going fast by yourself, Um, which means your relationship to those around you, including the ones in the building that you happen to be sharing space with, is going to be pretty tense. If you want to go far, if you actually want to build collectively, you got to go together. And how are you going to go together? If you are in a loving relationship with any individual, you have taken time to develop that relationship and nurture it so that it is mutually reciprocal and that everybody feels good in this relationship. And when things don't go good, you go to therapy, you go to counseling, you talk to your religious leader, you do, you, you work on the relationship. Why is it any different for any other form of relationship? It's pretty simple. It's just whether you choose to accept the work or not. All right. And that's a big shift. The idea that you are a human in an organization versus just a piece of machinery in a system. You're here to get your job done. And if you do that, then you're being professional. But as soon as you actually allow emotion to affect you, which Lord have mercy, we're humans. That's what happens. That is 
what it means to be human. Your emotions affect you. <laughs> but if that somehow means you're not professional, then none of us are professional. And let's stop talking trash. Stop talking shit. Stop actually. This, this It's all bullshit. It's nothing personal. <laughs> it's just business. Yeah. I don't believe that shit for a minute. I watch you dudes get all super hot at each other screaming. You're telling me you're not an emotional right now? Get out of here. Right? And like, yeah, and, and Javali, you said something really important is that the fact that we do this doesn't mean that conflict is not going to emerge. It's going to emerge uh, because it's part, it's part of life, it's, it's, it's part of being human. But, but what you do with it, how you process that, that's the key. That's the key. Because here in Waiduro, right, we've been practicing circles since we, we created Waiduro. We built Waiduro by sitting in circle hours and hours for a year. And, and, and so we know we've, we've created this, we know each other very well and we process, uh, the, our work and our, our clients, when they reach out for our support for us in order to, to plan what, how to best support these people who reach out for, for, for help. You know, we, we do the work in circle, we sit in circle and we process, um, so we do this, we practice this, but. Conflict emerged, emerged even within Waiduro, right? But 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 we have a way to we and we spend the time. Many times we have things we need to create. We need to write a proposal for a client by the, some deadline. But if something emerges, we 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 just take the time. We just take the time to process whatever shows up in the space. So so thank you for that. That's that's beautiful. Um, let's back up a second um, because we alluded to Wairuro in the bios, and, and you're, you mentioned it now. I'd like for you to tell people what Wairuro is, how it became, how you founded it, how it became about, what the word means, because that word might sound strange to some of our listeners who are non-Spanish speakers. And you know, just give us some background on the on the organization and what you do for your clients and communities. Wairuro. Jabali, you should. Where do we start with the name or how we? You, we should just let's start in order because you um, you should start how this is started and then I can I can jump in at the moment when the name came in. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so uh, it actually all started when we were watching Mad Men. And <laughs> I did not expect Mad this. <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Javali and I watched Mad Men, and that generated so many <laughs> feelings and ideas. And um, I watched it twice. I watched Mad Men twice. Wow, that that, that that was an exercise in like, oh my god, you know, like to sit there and watch that, and to know history and blah blah blah, whatever. And then to think those sessions when they would sit around and they would talk deeply i mean intensely and put in all this time and effort and energy and oh man all to sell you this watch i mean the amount of human energy being expended to figure out how to sell you something and the money connected to it all so if 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 we did the same thing for social issues we would be in a much different place you know, and which got me thinking, it's really interesting that the idea of selling something is a hugely for-profit industry. That idea is just normal. But the idea that 
working to fix social issues is not a for-profit industry on the whole. There is no peace industrial complex. Like there is a military industrial complex, which makes all your bullets and guns and everything else connected to it. And that's understood. But the complex that's built up to help offset the military industrial complex, there's not a whole lot of thinking going on at a for-profit level. It's not used as, pro it's like, oh, you should be doing it out of the goodness of your heart. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> How's that feel? How's your heart going now? <laughs> it's insane. So I was like, okay, this, let's, we gotta, why don't we try something? And why don't we create a group who actually uses our human power, our energy, our time, and our everything to work and to make the world a better place, one case at a time. We're not lawyers. We're not actually trying to do the lawyer thing. Right? Trying to actually make the world a better place in a good way. And not that lawyers don't always, but you know, lawyers have a thing too. So that meant starting to try to figure out, well, who, who could we do this with? And um, because I had been sitting in circle for a while at that point, I had a few people that I knew. Uh, Keiko Ozeki was a partner of mine who I, we, that first circle that I spoke about with the two of us were part of that crew. So, and I had real good faith in her skills. She's amazing. Um, Wesley St. Clair, Wesley St. Clair is a former judge here in Seattle who actually was one of the first judges to introduce circle process into his courtroom to try wow. cases. Wow. You know, I'm going to be leaning in on Wesley. Like, and I'd sat with Wesley in community. Um, he's just a, Wesley's incredible human being. Yeah. Emily Warren, Emily Warren, uh, is a woman that I actually hired on and in my previous job and, uh, she's a math teacher, but social justice advocate. This woman is hella yeah, smart. Hella smart. You know, I call her tank girl, man. She's, she's out to win it too. She is no joke. And, um, so she came on board in my office and actually it really helped me move circle through through our school it was a it was a shift for her even because she kind of came with that sort of traditional um activist modality and then she sat with me and was like what the hell and oh, oh so much came to her and then her heart and soul she is she actually went and apprentice with kate Prannis for a while for wow. a year um, wow. she she became that deeply invested she's wow. a genius when it comes to it and then this guy uh therapist who's a actual you know family the C2 family did mostly kids, but I, I think he does families also. Uh, therapist. Dave. Dave, Dave Warner, right. Uh, educator and a therapist. And Dave is, Dave is golden. He's one of the sweetest, gentlest, and he is a true counselor therapist. He's a true therapist um, to his core. It, it does things for him and what we see it do for other, his clients, it's, it's pretty spectacular. So for me, those... And Monica, of course, I mean, Monica's with her cultural anthropology PhD. That's the other one. There's a whole, well, I'm not going to go on a train here, but cultural anthropologist, the idea of actually knowing how to be with the other in order to share information, gain information. And then Monica's an immigrant who comes to this country and gets a PhD in a language that's not hers. Yeah. I, I think she knows a few things. <laughs> Let's do this. And, um, and there were a couple other people that we had along the way, even in that early, in the early. But the beautiful thing about Circle is 
it, it you can't hide, right? And so there, people can say they want something, but then when it comes to actually doing the thing, when it comes to actually being the thing, um, their their words may not match what they actually want. And so what they actually want starts to manifest and now they're not with us anymore. And it's no fault of anybody's other than this honestly just turned into what something that they did not feel that they could be a part of because it's hard. It, you know, like Monica said, the early Brit, like the hippie thing, like, Oh, it's just hippie. Go sit in circle. And sit in circle is some of the hardest work on the face of yes. the planet. <clears throat> I don't see a whole lot of hippie, hippie. <laughs> it's, it's rough. So we took ourselves through an arc of circle for a year. And then we went on a retreat to really uh, hyper, I don't know, focus. And for two and a half days, we sat in circle, birthing ourselves. And that's when the name came into play. Yes. Up until then, we called it the project because we didn't know what it was going to be. So what are we going to do? You know, Jabali, Jabali specifically called all all of us for 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 our different skills, and we sat for a year, like Jabali said, we we didn't know what we were going to do. So what are we going to do? But the beautiful thing is that we spent a lot of time, um, as you know, talking about how do you work well what do you like how do you you know and what what is it that you don't like because we were working on getting to know each other at a very 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 deep level and but still we didn't know what we were going to do so that weekend when we went on retreat we spent hours and hours and hours birthing it was it was a birth but i had just come back from peru i went this was august I had taken a trip to Peru uh, through a study abroad program uh, at the University of Washington. I took some kids and while I was um, shopping, I said, oh, I'm gonna bring the the project people, <laughs> some, some souvenirs, some gifts. So I went, I was in the market and um, and so I got some some different things for each one of them. I deeply thought about what to bring each of them. But among the things that I brought for Javali and other people were uh, jewelry, necklace and, and earrings that have these seeds called wairuro. Wairuro is a plant that um, is originally from the Amazon basin. It's a very powerful plant because it expands and now it's grown everywhere. Oh. And the plant, both both the plant and the seeds um, are called wairuro. So the seeds are those things that Javali just showed that are beautiful. They're red and black. Um, and that, that's the male seed. The, the female seed is only red. And there's different sizes, different species of this wairuro plant. And it has expanded all over Latin America. I think, um, you know, even in the Caribbean, people will recognize the seed, but it's called differently. But the, the, the name in Peru is Guairuro. That's how we use it. And the indigenous populations in Peru uh, really uh, think of this seed as, very, as having very positive energy. And people, especially, especially uh, uh, good luck, good luck and, and prosperity. So people who shaman, shaman, shaman and people who do spiritual work, they use the wairuros in their prayers, in the, you know, in, in cleaning. And, and many times people c- carry with them as a, as a, um, how do you how do you call when you have the bunny the bunny? Huh? 
Lucky charm. Lucky charm. They they keep it in the pocket in their wallet uh, to to bring prosperity and good luck. So it's a it's a it's a venerated uh, plant and seed that people that people use and and people always talk about it as something very positive. So I brought this jewelry. People because of the beauty of it they, uh, in Peru in the handcraft they use it a lot for earrings and necklaces and other items like Javali. What he showed is a little box. Um, so then I brought I brought this this uh, pieces. To, to then and it, at that retreat, I handed those uh, mm-hmm. things to people. And then when we were trying to find them, I don't remember exactly how it emerged, but we were saying, well, we have, there's English people here, but there's also Spanish speaking people here. And there's also Japanese, you know, with Keiko there. And so, so why don't we need to choose a name that is English? Why don't we use a, a name that is, you know, just from a different language? And I don't know who said, Maybe I did or something. I I did, right? And I said, what about Wairudo? And it clicked. And I didn't think it was going to click. And everybody, oh, that sounds that sounds good. And then I explained more about the seeds and the, what Wairudo meant uh, uh, in terms of the seed itself. And, the, and then we said, well, we are like seeds. We're like seeds. We're planting. We're planting peas. We're trying to, you know, expand and grow. Um, goodness and, 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 and social, social well-being. So why, why, you know, why don't we see ourselves as seeds? And, and then what, and that's how, that's pretty much, I don't know, Jabali, if you remember anything else about it. And for, as a person who's been in countless bands and having to go through the naming of the band, like that takes six years just to get done. That conversation about what the name of this project was happened. It is a great example of go slow to go fast. Because that conversation was about 10 minutes long and we were done. We had the name, it stuck. We were on to the next thing. That never right. happens. I, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> our point. <laughs> that's, our, that's our point. That's our point. Because we had done work, we, because we had done all this work before, there are so many conversations that happen. Boom, 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 boom. It's resolved. They get resolved. Mm-hmm. Just like that. I feel like the name came to us, really. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of like it felt like that. It felt like it, it felt like so obvious. So, and then people started saying, "Oh no, people are not going to be able to pronounce that. You should reconsider." And we were like, "No, this is our name. <laughs> <laughs> this is our name." Yeah, that's right. That's and right. now people are forced to 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 pronounce it. So <laughs> it's a thing. Well, they're like. <laughs> Wait, you guys, how do you say that? What is it? You know, it's a, it's a great, it's a great hook in multiple levels. What is that? Oh my gosh. We need to hire these people. (laughs) And we're going to, we're going to put the, all sorts of links in the show notes, like we always do and the name and stuff. So you don't have to scramble to write down URLs. And, and so we'll include that for all the listeners, but tell me some about like the practical applications of the work, some success stories, what you do for clients and communities. Man, so we're all, we're, our first client, our very first client was a tech company, um, code.org. And we did many, many projects. We did multiple things for them. Um, it was very cool. And, and to Monica's point earlier on, like wherever there are humans, we can be because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be something to work. Conflict or or some kind of, yeah. So we have done work where we work with just the leader of an organization and it's a coaching model, right? The work where we've done where it's the, the leader of an organization, but who sits with 
every single member of Why Do in a Circle, and it's like a 360 review of an individual. Mm, That's wow. powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, working to help mitigate conflict inside an organization, mm. be it a tech company, a university, uh, some other kind of business, a neighborhood association, you name it, we've we've been and continue to be invited into people's houses, you know, family, family issues and engagements, um, because the practice translates everywhere when you get right down to it. And sometimes it's about conflict, but a lot of times it's about, we just need help figuring out how to orient ourselves around an, an issue. And so then it's like a think tank of sorts. Uh, and then we work and also, what do you call it? Um, it changes the DEI, EDI, JEDI, that world. Um, there are a lot of folks who are really trying to fix and solve uh, their issues in that world, in that world, mm -hmm. that space. And we work with them, <clears throat> which is wholly fascinating for lots of reasons. <laughs> Yeah, they are coming to us for help. They, right, in their work, and yeah. and sometimes where we go is like, actually it's not the EDIJ stuff. You know, you actually need to look at this over here mm. in order for you to even start touching. Wow, um, it's fascinating. It's wherever there are humans, there's a need. Mm. Uh, wow. We are finding and people are finding us. And that to me is it's a gift. It really is a gift because it's us doing our own work and in concert with people from all over. We worked with the Charleston School District on some stuff, which um, I mean, it was it was powerful. It was truly, truly powerful to even get folks to recognize how they are orienting themselves in community. Like you take the idea of the word market. What does the word market mean to you, given your background, who you are in the context of Charleston? <laughs> right? And folks don't stop to think about that. So yeah. in conversation, this word market can be just thrown around all the time and have no idea what's actually being said under the surface. So let's bring it to the surface. Oh, look at that. No. Oh, I had no idea. No, you know, it's it's good work. It's very good work. Yeah, it's uh, grief. Also, has been grief mm. uh, for communities who have lost people. We've everything conflict in building celebration. Yeah. Like I don't even know. It's been two yeah. years of nonstop work um, wow. everywhere. Even in Charleston, like Javali said, the um, mighty bridge work. Between oh yeah, police officers and community. Wow, community members and police officers. Uh, wow, you should talk about it. Breed ask about some success stories. Something yeah. came up from that work, Javali. You should Audience share. Was a huge success. That was that was after some seriously deep unrest, you know, here in Seattle and across the nation. And you've got officers who just don't understand what's going on, and you've got community members who don't really understand what's going on. And so we brought folks together and we sat don't want to sit with police they right did not want to sit with police and the cops who are apprehensive about you know well i don't want the community members jumping down my throat because x y and z and perceptions no 
And so we sat in circle with them for eight weeks and to see the understanding there were, let's say success was an officer saying, wow, I guess I just never really understood the history of this country and how it has shaped our reality. But now after sitting and listening, I have a lot of learning to do. That was an, an wow big, big shift. And then wow. the community member activist who says, I, I'm, I have actually not really put your humanity mm-hmm. into the equation. And, and I actually want to go out with you and help keep things safe. Like, what does that look like? You know? wow. <laughs> was, That's huge. Fascinating. When wow. we get right down to it. Um, We've also done work with the Herring Institute. That's another success story. We're actually the high-powered academic school, working with the executive director of that school in a combination of circle work and coaching work. And to see her shift, her stance, she has become what I would consider a really great leader, no longer threatened by ideas that challenge her own ideas and capable of engaging in a conversation in such a way that it feels humanizing to everybody. And mm. one of the things that one of our sessions, you know, brought up the point because she's been doing this work so deeply now for over a year, she feels the toxicity in other meeting settings where it's the and, and, and what it does to her. Um, that was, that was a beautiful thing. So that's another thing that we also do. We we introduce the peacemaking circle to many um, organizations that need the work because they they manage many times. Just yesterday we were we were talking to a national level organization that is an umbrella organization for sixty five organizations throughout the country, and this this organization needs a lot of healing. A lot of they work with a lot of like ninety five percent of the people that work there are in, immigrants and. They need, they need healing. They need um, a lot of work. So something that we do uh, is that, that though we train. We also, not, not train, but, but by sitting long enough with the leaders of these organizations, they eventually get it and understand. And then they themselves are, you know, uh, em- kind of empowered to, to kind of introduce these and lead that way. And that's, that's, I think, what happened in the Herring Institute. And yes, yeah, so yeah. that's our plan for this organization. Mm-hmm. How do we, we, we need to sit with your leadership long enough in circle for you to, to, to really get how, how this works. And then, and then so that you can introduce, because we don't want to be working with you for the rest of your life, right? We need, we want to, part of our work is to give you the tools for you to introduce that into your life, but also. Mm-hmm. To support your communities that you work with so that's amazing and and let me chime in with with sort of a testimonial i'm, I'm not affiliated with wairuro in any way but i have had the pleasure of sitting in circles with them i was first introduced um to your organization through early music seattle which is a um a performing arts organization that i do some volunteer work with um out here and um that organization is was and is looking for ways to um, a- address some of the um, power equalization issues that we mentioned earlier with the way arts are created and presented and produced um, in this country um, and all that that implies. And then that led my interest. It was kind of 
because I, my background is in the 12 steps and, you know, like I said, with some other um, spiritual traditions that piqued my interest. And, and so I started like attending on my own. So also what you do, if, and if you listen, if the listeners go on your website, what they will find is that there are um, monthly community free circles. There are also specific um, um, themes. And so there was a surfacing race circle um, theme that I, I attended several um, um, sessions of. And so it, it's, it's really like, I think um, a multifaceted organization, like you were saying, I think Jabali, where it's like you, you can meet people in organizations where they are. And and one thing I, I also wanted to chime in and let you guys comment on and correct me if I'm wrong, is that based on everything that you're saying and my own experience sitting in circle with you is a lot of it feels, it's like, it's like the cliche in jazz about the notes you don't hear. A lot of my experience in circle is what's unsaid and the magical, mystical, transformation on a cellular level that just happens by being in each other's presence. That feels like a lot of the healing for me. Correct. Monica, you want that one? <laughs> well, that's, that's beautiful because that brings me back to the beginning when I say how this has changed my life <laughs> just by sitting in circle, because again, it's all about self-reflection and doing the work that you need to do in your own chair. Um, so that's what's happening. That's, that, um, sorry, Britt. That's what that's what's, uh, you're referring to, is, is that the power of the circle and how it, just by being there, sitting in circle in this, in, with other people, uh, what it, it does to you. It's, it's real. It's truly magic. Um, watching and being present in the space where it could be between two other people. There's a tension pull between two other people. It doesn't even include me, but watching them navigate it in circle is doing something inside me. And if there's resolution that emerges out of that, it actually is in me as well. I've had to go through the, the struggle and the, the journey with them, which kicks up my own internal things, necessarily so. And then I sit with it. I sit with it just like everybody else is sitting with it. And as the two poles start to do this, those two poles in me are doing the same thing. And that's when healing comes. Yeah, you know, I think there's something about human design and making art, dancing, and frankly, sitting in circles. I just think that I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg, but it just feels like wherever you find humans, you will find circles, people sitting in circles. And there's something that it just touches in our human design that I that is mystical. And I certainly can't explain, but it just feels like it's one of those things that we're supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. It's I feel you're sitting with the, our earliest ancestors who were just figuring out what fire was and yeah. pulling around like, okay, we're gonna, we got to make this, but it means that we got to work together some kind of way. It's, it's a direct line, you know? Last quarter, I taught uh, in the Department of Dance at the University of Washington, and I always teach my classes in circle because mm. the, also the topics that we're looking at, I'm, I teach a course on Afro-Latinx Afro -Latinx dance traditions. Um, so it's inevitable 
to talk about you know colonization and in that history so it's it's a the content of the course requires some some difficult conversations many times so i use circle from day one with my students and that's one of the things that they always comment that the inclusiveness of the approach to 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 the class and the topics the conversations because everybody's invited to, to share, to talk. Yeah. Um, so it works. In other words, circle works for anything, for many things. Um, and, and, and yes, I want to, uh, just highlight what Britt said about our community circles. We offer a free community circle the last Monday of every month, Correct. uh, the last Monday of every month in the evening. Uh, you you go you can go to our website and look for community circles in English. We're gonna have one in Spanish in May, uh, potentially one in Japanese too for for Japanese uh, people 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 who speak Japanese who would like to join also. Same with, with Spanish, but usually it's in English every last Monday of every month. Although sometimes we change, so it's better to check the website just in case we change the date. But pretty this is free and open to all. Everybody's welcome to go, come and give it a try and, and, and see it for yourself and experience it. Yeah. That's really wonderful. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is that uh, the theme will change on those monthly circles. Mm. And so what you experience one month may not be the same thing as the next month. Um, <clears throat> and also to remember that this is a long, long arc body of work. So two hours or even... An hour or two hours sitting in a circle is going to be good for you. There are things that will happen. But remember, six days, three days, that's now you're starting to really play, dance with the medicine, if you will. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, like I said, we'll include links to the website and your socials in the, in the show notes so everybody can check you out. And I really encourage um, everybody to do so. It's just been such a, a wonderful, healing, magical process in, in my life. And I'm so grateful to have found you to, and um, to have gotten the chance to sit with you in circle. And then here today as well, um, it's just been a joy to talk with you. I always have such a blast chatting with you guys and I really appreciate your time today. Um, so please, everybody listening, check out uh, the Wairua website, which we'll have in the show notes. Um, you know, and um, um, I think that uh, if you go in with an open heart and um, um, open mind, I think you'll really touch on something really deep and, and frankly primal in your soul that maybe, um, especially in our kind of zero sum capitalist society is, is missing and, and not found in many other venues. And so it's, it, you might have a, a really special experience. I know I sure have, um, Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Jabali, from the bottom of my heart. It's so wonderful to talk with you today. Um, to all of our listeners, thanks for, for listening to another episode of Not Going Quietly. Um, this is a, a, a podcast dedicated to you and healing our hearts for all the outraged optimists out there and the heartbroken healers. Um, we're doing this podcast for you. Um, like Jabali said, to be the medicine, you need to go back out there, sustain yourself and go back out there and keep fighting the good fight. Um, thanks again, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Not Going Quietly with co-hosts Jonathan Beale and Britt East. Thanks so much for joining us on this wild ride as we explore ways to help everyone leap into life with a greater sense of clarity, passion, purpose, and joy. Check out our show notes for links, additional information, and episodes located on your favorite podcast platforms.